It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, September 21st. Waiver's Day here on the podcast. We're going to break down waiver wire rankings here for you today. Dive into it. What do we got to do here? Got a bunch of players. It's not the best week on waivers, to be honest. There isn't an Elijah Mitchell on waivers, and I know that didn't work out that well for fantasy purposes, but he still did dominate touches, and I will talk about that backfield coming up in a bit, but I don't want to waste any time today. I just want to dive right into it. The number one player here, and, and every week, by the way, I should mention, there are going to be players who might be on waivers in your league that I'm not going to talk about here because I'm assuming they're rostered. Mike Williams. I'm assuming he's rostered. He's he's rostered in every league that I'm in. If he's out there, yeah, of course, you add him ahead of these guys. And any other bigger names that I don't mention here, yes, of course, you add him over these guys. But let's dive into it. And number one, I actually have Tony Pollard, but only 35% on Tony Pollard. Not going to break the bank, but that is a pretty high number for a premium handcuff. And that is what Pollard is. He's out there in about half of leagues right now. Hey, last week was awesome, but don't ever chase last week's fantasy performances. The number one thing in terms of indicators is not last week's fantasy numbers. It's the usage, first and foremost. And for running backs, number one thing you got to have is you got to have snaps. You got to be on the field to touch the football. And it's true for really every position. And it's going to be a theme today. Tony Pollard played 21 snaps last week. That is not enough work to sustain last week's production. It was a huge game, and he's capable of huge games. We know this of Tony Pollard. We know it. He's done it before. He can do it again, but good luck predicting which week that happens in. 44 snaps for Zeke, 21 for Pollard. I've been asked, can I start Zeke and Pollard in the same lineup? Sure, but if it's a passing game, good luck. You're going to lose that week. (laughs) You're going to lose. Pollard's not anything more than a flex, and really why I want to spend on him is because he does have a little bit of independent value, uh, you know, independent of his handcuff status. But then also if Ezekiel Alley goes down, Pollard is an instant top 10, maybe even top five. Number two, Rondale Moore, 30%, not going overboard here. I love Rondale Moore. I love Rondale Moore. You know what though? Rondale Moore is the number four wide receiver on his team. I said this on the podcast yesterday at the Bears repeating He is behind A.J. Green, obviously behind DeAndre Hopkins. He's also behind Christian Kirk. So don't go too crazy here. Yes, it was a great performance last week, but I don't know how sustainable it is until he works his way into at least the number three role. And as long as Christian Kirk is playing decent football, I don't know how quickly that happens. Number three, Michael Pittman, 20% on him. He is out there in enough leagues where we can certainly go out and get him. His value will be more or less tied to Carson Wentz, who somehow sprained both of his ankles and may not play this week. So keep that in mind with Pittman. But Pittman does seem to have asserted himself as the clear number one. Zach Pascal still caught another touchdown, but it's it's Pittman. Uh, Number four, Henry Ruggs, 15%. Finally, finally, we see Ruggs getting a downfield target. Now, I like him in the short and intermediate, but at least they took a shot downfield and leveraged his speed. And boy, he was off to the races on that. Boomer bust, high ceiling, but sometimes low floor with those types of players. Like Tyreek Hill, for example, we just saw that quintessential example over the last two weeks. Henry Ruggs is by no means Tyreek Hill, but he's one of those high ceiling, low floor options. Same thing with Darnell Mooney at 15%, number five on my rankings. Andy Dalton's injury opens the door for 
Justin Fields, and that should increase Mooney's value. Justin Fields is at number six. I would spend 15% on him. Opportunity knocks. Now, he's not officially the starter yet, but it's only a matter of time. It's a bone bruise for Andy Dalton, and that could – we don't have a timetable. Could sideline him this week. Hopefully it does because Justin Fields will be out there. But this is just uh, – if he's out on waivers, if somebody was impatient and dropped him already, go out and get him. Michael Carter at number seven, 10% on him. It did not take long for the Jets to get him involved. This is why I said last week, don't drop this dude. He led the backfield with 13 touches and looked good in the process. 10% on Michael Carter. 10% on Sony Michelle at number eight. Daryl Henderson is hurt already. This is why they traded for Sony Michelle. And even if Henderson doesn't miss this week, and this week is not a great matchup, obviously, but still, Sony Michelle should be on benches at least. Alexander Madison at nine, he should be on benches as well. I'll go 10% on him. I want to get out in front of this. Dalvin Cook, I mean, what, multiple times he went down with what looked like was going to be serious injuries, and it was not, but it's just a little friendly reminder. Like, I would rather have Madison now than if something happened to Cook and Cook was out for the season. I, I mean, literally, if that happened, you know what I'm saying to you. I'm saying spend every single cent of your fab. So let's just get out ahead of it and let's tuck him away on our bench. We're not using him. He's there in case something happens. Uh, number 10, Cordero Patterson, 8%. Why am I not higher on him? Because I saw what happened. He's still well behind Mike Davis in the pecking order. Yes, he had a great game, but I don't think that repeats itself over and over and over again. So while I think you should add him, I'm not going too crazy here. At number 11, Tim Patrick, 7%. Cortland Sutton is the top receiver, but Patrick's going to have some value as long as Jerry Judy is sidelined, and that could be another five weeks. Number 12, Zach Moss. We might have dropped him last week. I'm only going 6% on him, though. He was outsnapped 43-18 to 18 by Devin Singletary, so despite the touchdown production, he's still clearly well behind Singletary. Kenny Gainwell, number 13, 5% on him. He's number two back. Miles Sanders went down. That'd be really interesting, but even, even so... He's number two back, and he's got a little bit of independent value in deeper leagues. Elijah Moore at 14. Jamison Crowder was sidelined. Moore played a team-high 57 snaps out of the wideouts. Eight targets for him, stash him for upside. McCole Hardman at 15 in the rankings, 5% on him. He's clearly the number two receiver in Kansas City, number two wideout, number three target, but number two wideout. Boomer bust fantasy potential going forward. Number 16, you ready for this one? This is a guy who was a late add to the list. Jacques Patrick. Who? Well, if you hadn't seen the news, the San Francisco 49ers did sign him. Patrick is a big dude. He is a big-bodied running back. Uh, and we don't know what his role is going to be in this offense immediately, but here's what we do know. Jamichael Hasty is going to miss time. So you do have Trenton Cannon there. It looks like Elijah Mitchell's going to be okay. He's been described as day-to-day. And Trey Sermon is in the concussion protocol. So the backfield this weekend could very well be Elijah Mitchell, Trenton Cannon, and Jock Patrick. I'm putting 5% on a just what the heck. I don't even know what it is, but I'm going to put 5% in. I, I mean, we saw this dude play in the XFL. If you played XFL fantasy like me, tell me you're a nerd, a football nerd, without telling me you're a football nerd. If you played XFL fantasy like me, you already know who Jacques Patrick is, or if you're a Florida State fan. But otherwise, yeah, a surprise addition there. Hunter Renfro, 17 in rankings, 5% on him. He's a poor man's Tyler Boyd. There's not a lot of reps for him that offense, though. So only like a deeper PPR ad. 
Same thing with K.J. Osborne at 18. Not a lot of reps for him in the offense. 5% on him. 59% of the snaps this past week. Teddy Bridgewater, 5%. He isn't spectacular, but he's playing good football. Mid-range quarterback, too. If I have like a couple upside options at quarterback that aren't getting it done, I'll go for the safety of Teddy for right now. And then see what I have going forward. All right, so that gives you right up to number 20. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and then we'll dive into the remaining players on the list. We are going to get deep this week like we do every week, plus defensive streamers, hold list, and cut list. But uh, first, do a quick break, and then we'll come back with number 20. Ah, number 20. He scored a touchdown on Monday Night Football. For the Detroit Lions. And obviously, it's not TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Quintez Cephas. Well, here, here's why I'm not going any higher than 5%. I like what I saw, but at the same time, Tyrell Williams will be the number one when he comes back from concussion. 21, Darius Slayton, 5%. Yes, he got in the end zone, but he's still running behind Sterling Shepard and Kenny Galladay. Jalen Rager at 22, just 3% on him. I, I keep saying about the Philly offense, it's like, it could be really good. But it hasn't proven it just yet, but it could be. <laughs> so I'm going to try and get a piece of it with Rager. Uh, A.J. Green at 23, 3%. He's the number two receiver on that team. You know, we've last two weeks, we've had Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore way up in uh, the rankings here for waivers. But Green, you know, slide in, 3%, whatever. 3% on Terrace Marshall. He's still a clear number three receiver there in Carolina, but got a high ceiling. J.D. McKissick at 25 in my rankings, 3% on him. Yes, he caught five balls for 83 yards. The problem I have in this, I don't even have James White in this. I don't want to pick up James White. I really don't want to pick up J.D. McKissick for that matter, but I did include him here. I don't like these passing down backs because they are so volatile. Sure, if they catch six balls, yeah, or five balls or whatever, yeah, they're fine. But how often are they going to do that? Because it's not every week. So that's the problem I have with those passing down guys. All right, 26 and 27. Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, 3% on each of them. Yes, Derek Carr below Daniel Jones, Derek Carr below Justin Fields, Derek Carr below Teddy Bridgewater. Why? He's this generation's Philip Rivers. And why would I be leaning Daniel Jones over him? Because Daniel Jones has a higher ceiling. And that's what I'm going after here, if I need it. Now, if I am sitting, tell like, let's say you have... Out of you came out of your draft and you have, I don't know, like Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan. Well, I would pick up Daniel Jones there. I wouldn't pick up Derek Carr. I would I would drop Matt Ryan and I'd pick up Daniel Jones for upside. Let's say you had Tua Tunga Vailoa and Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whatever. I would pick up Derek Carr. And in that instance, I would be dropping Tua because I want the safer option. I still want a safe and upside combination if I don't have a clear top 12 guy. That's what I want at this time of year. So it depends on what you have. That's why I've kind of put him back to back here. But Derek Carr, yeah, he's safe. Daniel Jones is not safe. So it depends on what you're going for. Carry on Johnson at 28, 3%. He technically isn't even on the roster right now. He's on the practice squad. So it, you know, this is it could end up being just a waste of 3%. But that way that backfield's going, I'll try and see if I can get any piece of it. At 29, Taylor Heineke, actually pretty solid last week. Kids, He's got some moxie to him. He's got some moxie to him. So he definitely in two quarterback leagues, but even in a deeper one quarterback league, uh, I, I would roster him. 
Freddie Swain at 33%. There's a lot of guys on this list who are number three wide receivers on their team. He is one of them. He's worth a look, but don't overspend. Donovan Peoples-Jones at 31, 3%. Jarvis Landry is on injured reserve, so there's an opportunity here for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Quez Watkins, 3%. Another number three receiver. Lots of upside, boomer bust, but not a lot of reps for him right now. Trey Lance at 33, 2%. I have two words for you why we should be picking up Trey Lance if he was dropped. Justin Fields. The opportunity is going to be there. It's inevitable that he's going to start. I can't tell you what week it is, but it's inevitable. And I think that getting out in front of this one is is a really wise move. Sam Darnold, 1% at 34 in my rankings. He isn't sexy, but he's playing good football. Uh, then we here, speaking of not sexy, here's how bad tight end is. These are the best recommendations I have for you. Jack Doyle, Pat Fryermuth, Austin Hooper, Max Williams, all 1% and not really in preferred order or whatever. Doyle had a lot of targets last week, eight of them. Fryermuth actually was running ahead of Eric Ebron in snaps. Austin Hooper has some value with Jarvis on the shelf, but they ha- they use all of their tight ends there. And then Max Williams, I, I mean, there was enough there. Like, this is a kid when he came into the league, I thought, oh, this he could be something. And never really panned out, but maybe we're finally at that point. Remember, it takes some of these tight ends a long time before they develop. That learning curve is really steep in the NFL. So I'll take a flyer on him in a potent offense. Two uh, super flex quarterbacks to add, Davis Mills and Jacob Eason. Mills will be the starter this week, and really it looks like for about the next month, provided he doesn't get hurt himself. Uh, all starting quarterbacks have value in Superflex. Jacob Eason could be the starter this week. So again, all starting quarterbacks have value in Superflex. So if you really needed help, those two guys could help you. Here are players who I am holding. This is not a comprehensive list, but it's a list nonetheless. Ryan Tannehill, I thought he played really good football. Okay, he didn't have the fantasy points you wanted, but he played good football, so that's all that matters to me. Jameis Winston, the all-field stuff I went over on yesterday's pod is more than enough reason to give them a little bit of a runway here. Trey Lance, if I'm picking him up, you bet your butt I'm keeping him. I'm not dropping him. A.J. Dillon, you didn't draft A.J. Dillon for immediate fantasy production, and if you did draft him for immediate fantasy production, you drafted him for the wrong reason. He is a premium handcuff. If something happened to Aaron Jones, which any player in the NFL could get hurt at any point, A.J. Dillon is a top 15 option. So hold. Devontae Smith, uh, I mean, he was good out of the, the gate, and then that was a weird game last week, but he's the number one receiver in Philly. Brandon Ayuk, last week wasn't good for fantasy, but the role did increase. So I'm willing to give him, I'm going to give him the first month of the season and see what we have. Here are players who I am cutting to Rod Taylor. It's, it's a month. It's just too much. He was already on the fringes anyway. Even in a two-quarterback league, I get rid of him. Tevin Coleman is now the number three running back for the Jets. Jamichael Hasty is going to be out four to six weeks, so he isn't even guaranteed anything when he gets back. Russell Gage is banged up, and he's so far down that pecking order there uh, that he gone as well. Defensive streamers. I got four of them this week. How about the Carolina Panthers, man? Pretty good. Pretty good so far. And they get Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Giddy up, Carolina. They're the top out of the week. Arizona, the defense is interesting. They certainly have a lot of upside in that defense. And then what I love about it, too, is... Jacksonville is very likely to play from behind in this one, which means more throwing for Trevor Lawrence, which means more potential for picks, and that's what we're going after here, takeaways. 
The Raiders versus Miami, even if Tua's on the field, and that's far from a guarantee. If it isn't, it's Jacoby Brissett. Giddy up, Raiders. But even so, I'd still stream the Raiders against Miami. And then finally, Tennessee. Well, this one, it really hinges on Carson Wentz, but Jacob Eason out there, yeah. Tennessee is not a good defense as of right now. They haven't shown to be good over the first two games of the season. But even a bad defense for... NFL purposes can be a very good fantasy option in the right matchup. So there you go. Streamers for week three. All right, that does it for today's podcast. Tomorrow we'll be back with rankings. In the meantime, FTNFantasy.com, promo code RATPACK, at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. And I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.